0: Wait a second, you actually hit the play button here? Like, you actually want to hear something about the Pittsburgh Penguins after that thing? Last night? Wow, you are you are made of tough, tough stuff. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way even after complete double overtime cataclysms, bright and early, every weekday morning. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates, both of which will be considerably more upbeat than this. Islanders 3, Penguins 2, double overtime. Tristan Jari passed the puck right up the gut. Write to Josh Bailey from the Islanders. If I didn't lay my eyes on it, I wouldn't have believed it. I still can't believe that it happened. I've been racking my brain now for hours, trying to remember the last time I saw a goaltender choose that route from that position. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, goaltenders will occasionally try that middle breakout, but they're below the goal line, and they have four checkers coming at them from either side. This, this defies belief. He had a penguin to his left, he had a penguin to his right, and he had three Islanders up the middle. And he dropped the puck and tried to fire it up the middle. What's the best possible outcome there, you know? What are you thinking? What, what, what? I don't know. I don't know. If you're still listening to this, then the chances are at least reasonable that you're seeking some kind of hope. That's what fandom is all about. You have hope that your team can overcome. You have hope that your team can be the best, can ultimately win a championship. And when that hope is not even just pulled away, but stomped on and spat out after it's chewed up, it's tough. It's tough. I'd never covered anything like that. The only other occasion which I can remember of a home game for the Penguins presenting itself with something that deflating was the obvious case in 1993, but also when Tom Fitzgerald scored for the Panthers – in 96, I wouldn't even really compare or throw into this category of Evgeny Kuznetsov's breakaway goal against Matt Murray that ended the Penguins' Stanley Cup run at 2 because, you know, they had just won twice. You know, it didn't feel like the, the end of something. It felt like, oh, well, we'll get them again next year. This was... Something else. I mean, this wasn't an elimination. The the other three examples I gave you are elimination. But this was home ice. And this was a crowd that, by the way, and and I'm not criticizing or anything else. here. Everybody's free to feel however they want. I'm just going to try to describe it to you, okay? They were waiting on this. They were waiting on this for hours. The moment Jordan Eberle scored to tie 2-2 in the third period, Everyone was just waiting, something's going to happen, something's going to go wrong. And they were going to just hang on until it did. And then it did, like that. And you're still listening. You're still listening. You think I'm going to offer hope. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you always by fubo tv. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels including AT&T SportsNet Pittsburgh. You can try it out as one of our listeners and get 15% off your first month by going to fubotv.com/dk. One more time, it's fubo tv, f u b o tv.com/dk. All right. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. The Penguins dominated play. They did. Not an opinion. It's not a positive spin or anything like that. It's it's actual, verifiable, statistical fact. 77 shot attempts to New York's 40 in 5-on-5 play. It's hard to dispute that. You know? And as Mike Sullivan himself said afterward, he felt it was the Penguins' best game of the series. And you know what? It was. It was. They solved everything about the Islanders except finishing. And there's going to be a lot of singing, especially from out east, about Elias Sorokin. Sorokin can be beaten. Brian Rust beat him from 55 feet with a slap shot that he doesn't even possess. Sorokin was really, really good otherwise on this night. But Sorokin can be beaten. He's not even a designated starting goaltender in the NHL. No, I'm not sitting here comparing him to Jari or anything ridiculous like that. I'm just talking about this game this performance. The Penguins dominated the islanders if you're looking for positives there's that there's that i asked sullivan afterward how he felt about that independent of how it wound up michael what can you take especially from your second period but in general with how you guys played dominated possession you did almost everything that you had talked about wanting to do going into this game
1: yeah i was really proud of the team i i thought we played a I thought we played a a really solid hockey game and, uh, you know, all four lines were going, all six defensemen, you know, Tristan made a couple of big saves for us throughout the course of the game. I I was really proud of the group. I, you know, I I thought we played with some swagger. We had some confidence. We were on our toes. I thought we played a speed game. Um, You know, it it was unfortunate. We didn't find the net a little more often, but uh, sometimes that happens in this game. So, we we've got to we've got to put it behind us. We got to look for the next one. You know we've got to win one hockey game. That's the way I look at it. That's what I said to the players after the game. You know we we've got we have a lot of leadership that's uh, that's been been through a lot of experiences in this league, especially in the playoffs. And uh, and so we'll just keep this thing in perspective, and we'll we'll go
0: to the island. We'll put our best game on the ice. He's not lying. He's not saying that. Hey, chin up, boys. He saw it. You saw it. The Islanders saw it. Penguins players saw it. They lived it. They did everything but finish. And a good amount of that points to the fact that they didn't, and here comes that term again I've been using with you now for a few days, bear down. They didn't bear down. When you have a chance to shoot, don't just flick it when you have a chance to shoot and you're Jeff Carter and all you've ever done in your whole life is shoot first, think later, don't try to pass it off to Jared McCann. Still can't believe I saw that one. But it's conceivable. It's conceivable that the Penguins could dominate again and that Sorokin would kind of go back to his level and the Penguins could get a bunch of goals, even a series out, bring it back home, and see what happens. There, how did I do? <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. You know, I mean, I, anything I say right now is going to come back to, yeah, but Jari's not going to stop them, or Jari stinks, or whatever else here. Jari has cost the Penguins now two games in this round. He's cost them two games, almost single-handedly, but he's, he's cost them. He's been the principal reason that they lost two games, and that's too, too many in a best-of-seven series. Is he capable of bouncing back? Sure, we've seen it before, and we saw it in this series early on when he struggled in game one, and... Looked really, really good in game two and then in the game three fight fest he was, you know, standing tall and taking care of business and whatever else here. But this just this just doesn't have a great feel to it. It doesn't. I guess all things are possible if you're looking for hope. Especially when the team that you'd be pulling for, meaning you has dominated the other team in time of possession and other metrics because those things do matter. They are future forecasters. They're extremely accurate. The teams that do well in these statistics do well over a sustained period of time. But guess what? We're running out of that. We're running out of time in this series. And maybe maybe in this era. Wow, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. And that's brought to you on this program, always by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania and they need your help in turn. Visit PittsburghFoodBank.org to find out how one dollar can be translated into five full meals for those in need. PittsburghFoodBank.org Today's question comes from Todd Canterbury who says Hey Dan, do the Penguins seem deflated Or defeated after the game. If they can somehow come back from this, that'd be epic. Well, Todd, after the game, the only players made available were Crystal Tang and Brian Rust, and neither of those two individuals has a deflated or defeated bone in their body. So I don't feel like that's going to be representative when I share with you that they both sounded defiant and confident and aware that they themselves had performed very well in terms of possession and shots and everything else, and for that matter, defending. You know, uh, they did a lot of good things. They also were aware of the fact that they could have finished more plays, than they did that they could have found ways to get the puck through sorokin maybe that's more traffic maybe that's more tips and deflections which by the way sorokin didn't have to stop many on that count a couple but not many but deflated or defeated wow no i mean that's not what this group is and even though Latang and Rust and then Sullivan each took turns saying, we lost as a team, we lost as a team, we win as a team, we lose as a team. Even though they said that, they also acknowledged how the game was actually lost. Without finger-pointing or without saying anything bad about Jari, by, just by recognizing out loud that a massive mistake was made. And that they aren't on the hook for that massive mistake. They can separate those two things. They can see that this opponent that had given them so much trouble in game four was the same opponent that they generated 77 Five-on-five shot attempts again on this night. So they're not going to be intimidated by the opponent. Whether they're intimidated by the situation, by facing being eliminated or anything like that, or worrying about their goaltender, which is something I brought up a lot earlier in the series, which is the last thing you want to see them doing, because if they start worrying about whether or not he can make a routine save, all the things that they're good at will go right out the window. Yes, if they can somehow come back from this, that'd be epic, borrowing your line there. It would. It's not unthinkable. It's not unthinkable. They were the better overall team in this game. They certainly can be that up there. They've won up there. They've won back here. What they have to do in this series is win again up there and win again back here. They do have the better talent. They do have the better depth. They do have a lot of answers to a lot of the challenges that the Islanders generally pose to other teams. But they're out of clock. They're out of clock. They're out of mulligans. They're out of, oh well, we'll get them next time. They have to go out and perform tomorrow night. And they have to do what they did in this game and finish and not have their goaltender lose his brain if they make it to a second overtime for crying out loud if you made it through this show you deserve some kind of like ultimate penguins fan badge of honor (laughs) i'm not kidding i don't know how i don't know how you ever pressed the play button i'm grateful that you did i'm grateful to todd for the question and i'll be grateful to have you back listening again tomorrow when i'm back on long island maybe maybe covering the game that forces the game set at Point
1: Park University